We're back on Finance Matters today with our illustrious guest, uh, Melody Bianchetto, the VP of Finance until February 3rd, who's here to share with us her wisdom and her stories. Uh, and the, I speak English. Who's here to share with us her wisdom and her stories and all the things that she's learned during her 26th year career at UVA. And today we're focusing in on the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in UVA finance. If you haven't already listened to the episode that we did with Melody on just her career at UVA finance, we encourage you to go back and take a listen. It's a really great one. We talk about um, just Melody's career, her aspirations as a young youngin, and then how she progressed through the ranks at UVA and what she's going to get up to after she retires. Um, so that's a really good one. Go back and listen to that. But today we're going to focus on DEI. So thanks for being here with Patty and I again today, Melody. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So Patty, I'm going to let you um, kind of guide the ship here today because you are the 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 DEI queen, the co-queen. <laughs> I wouldn't call the, me that. The Duchess. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call me that, but but I I was asked to by Melody and um, Bill Ashby at the time to take on the role of being the inclusive excellence team lead for finance, and so I have learned a lot um, with the help of Melody and others um, to in in I've learned a lot about DEI as a subject matter and how to implement DI programs and things like that. So thank you for calling me a queen. I don't really think I am. But, and, you know, um, just give our listeners, I'm sure that if you've listened to Finance Matters at all, or if you've been around UVA Finance at all, you know that this has been a focus within our unit for quite some time. And we'll yeah. link to some resources in the show notes where you can go and get a, a good sense of the history of our efforts in this way. We won't give you exhaustive background here in this episode necessarily, but um, Patty has been a part of this effort for a long, quite a long time. And it's been an effort that Melody has championed for mm -hmm. quite some time. So yeah. I'll, I'll shut my mouth now. So, Melody, in thinking, though, about DEI and where the journey that we've come on that with UVA Finance, what do you feel like you're most proud of in terms of DEI? And what would that what would that be? Um, I think most mostly that it's it's deeper than just having a course on implicit bias. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it feels like that's, you, you know, there, there are a couple of let's, let's focus on DEI and have a couple of things and check the box and then you go on. Um, and I'm proud of the fact that it's deeper than that, that we, we've engaged the whole organization. We've had difficult conversations, like real conversations, um, and not shied away from that. And, and that would be, um, I think, I think that's where the, I think that's where growth comes from. You don't, you don't grow from. You don't grow from being comfortable. You don't even grow that much from being awkward, but you really have to go all the way in for the the discomfort and the and the not knowing where you're going for it. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. There are several awkward phases that you go through in the growth cycle. And we've, we've definitely kept going through them. <laughs> yeah. Well, awkward. And like you said, being really uncomfortable too. Yeah. There, there've been, there've been a lot of times over the past few years as we've been, 
going through this journey that have been really uncomfortable and frustrating and challenging. Um, and so what do you, what have been those challenges or frustrations that you've seen both in finance and at the university um, in like progressing in the area of DEI? Like, well, I think one of the things that, um, that, that helped us, which is a really awkward way of saying that, um, but we've started working on the inclusive excellence work that Kevin McDonald brought with him when he came to UVA and Patty was leading that work when the summer of 2020 happened, starting with the, not starting with, but including the murder of George Floyd and all of the other issues and murders and, and, and just inequities that became apparent over that summer. Um, and that, that, that really pushed us to take a deeper look at what we were doing with our inclusive excellence work. And um, we brought more voices into the table. Um, we tried to open up a door to have a conversation um, and let people take uh, take a chance on on something that was maybe unusual. And so we, I mean, we'll, we'll I, I I was always loved the way we started our very first sprint conversation, which. Um, which Toshin Campbell uh, really helped spear us towards these these conversations that happened, and that was um, July sixteenth uh, in twenty twenty. And Toshin said, "Here, go watch this this video series from Emmanuel Acho, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, and then let's talk about it." And we did, and we sat down and we talked about it. And the the one thing I remember from that conversation was somebody saying, but wait, is it black or is it African-American or what is it? And there was just like this conversation, this real, and it was not said in, a, in an aggressive way. It was like, I don't really understand. And our, our, everyone kind of gathered in and we had a conversation and somebody said they prefer this and this is why we do that. And it actually, one of the things you come away with is, well, let, you always, you should always ask that question. What does the other person think? What do they want to be called? And it might be a different answer depending on it is. And you know what? That, that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, and so being able to have that conversation in our workplace, I think um, was really amazing and, and helped, helped give me the courage to keep pushing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would agree like that. I thought that that very first sprint conversation that we had was very powerful, I thought, and kind of set the tone for a lot of those to come after. So, and we're still doing them. <laughs> so. yeah, we still have a lot of those moments um, yeah. because that expectation has been set that you can ask meaningful questions and it's an environment where it's okay to ask and where it's okay to talk through stuff and have that brave space conversation mm -hmm. so kind of pushing that a little bit further like so why is it important I mean we really have invested a lot of time and effort and there's lots of people like Toshin and like Laverne and you know whole groups of people some of them have come and gone and some of them have stuck you know with the committee some have rotated in and out but Melody, your leadership has stayed the same on it. Why is it important enough for you to have invested this amount of your time and effort into it? 
because you could just put on a course every year and yeah. check the box and say I did my bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yes, I um because I really believe that we needed to make changes, and I you know it kind of gets back to what I said in the in the first um, podcast where you might make a decision that okay we're going to do DEI, and then if you don't actually execute that decision, you don't actually do anything, then you're there a year later and say, oh, wait, we were going to do something on DEI, right? Okay, let's let's do that. And then a year later, it's like, wait, didn't we mean to do something on DEI and make, you know, it's, so you just got to jump in and start doing um, the work and thinking about what it needs to be. And, 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 and there's two different, there's two different tracks for it. Part of it's a person, personal view. You've got to You've got to push yourself along. You've got to see what you want to do, be where you want to be. You need to grow. You need to read. You need to listen. You need to ask questions. Um, and then only then can you turn it into the professional side of it. And I, I really am proud of our um, inclusive excellence plan that we, that we pulled together, Patty, the whole, the whole team, um, which includes things like how do we make sure we have a, our own, our UVA finance diversity statement in every position we post? How do we make sure that there are questions around diversity answered in the hiring process? How do we make sure that we're fair when we put people in interim positions? How do we create an internship program that increases opportunities? How do we make sure we're paying attention to who gets the development, professional development opportunities? Like, If you don't do those things, actively and pay attention to them and look at them like every six to eight weeks they won't they won't move forward so mm-hmm. you got to do the personal side and you got to do the professional side and, and they, they, they go together mm-hmm. yep what do you hope is your legacy when it comes to dei and finance um that these that everything stays in place that we keep a special and it might change it doesn't have to be the diversity statement we came up with you know a year and a half ago but we always make diversity an important part of our hiring decisions and our and our recruiting decisions and our our uh, uh, promotion decisions and and everything that we do and in a lot of different perspectives and diversity is very broad of course but we are we want to that's what happens when we say we want to have a high-performing team that we want everyone to feel included and engaged. If you don't have a real diversity program, you're not going to ever have everyone feeling included and engaged, and yeah. bringing, and bringing their their best self to the to the to the workplace every day. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit further. When I think about what difference I've seen that make in an organization that values diversity and, and inclusivity versus one that doesn't. And I'm just curious, since we've been emphasizing that, what differences have you seen it make? And Patty, I mean, chip in on that too. I think it's nice when you can identify some of those good things where where it has you know that it's made a positive impact I, yeah i think some of those so one of the really um impactful sprint conversations again early on is when we talked about our racial resume which was oh, everybody talking about it they're there in their own journey when did they become aware of 
race of someone of a different race or of how their parents felt about race or of how their how race might have been an advantage or a disadvantage or you know just where you were and and how you thought about it and there were some amazing stories that came out of that that people were just you know kind of had no idea even though you read things it's it's always so important to, to have that special connection like okay this person that i know had this happen to them and all of a sudden it changes your complete perspective on it and so that the fact that our our colleagues who were black or muslim or asian or whatever felt they could come out and describe these situations where they had been impacted and feel safe about telling us we all learned from that mm -hmm. um and that was meaningful that that made me feel like we had cre at least started by creating that that safe or brave space to be able to to have conversations mm -hmm. i agree i i would say the same exact thing that that was one of the things that i feel like I learned the most about those conversations was, was being able to let people speak. And I, I do think that's a work in progress. I think there are people who still are afraid to speak up um, for fear of whatever, you know, people judging them. But um, I think that we've come a long way in that. And that just even being able to talk like that mm -hmm. is, is a little bit unheard of at, in the workplace or it was. And so um, I think that's really important though. Like you said earlier, Melody, you bring your whole best self to work. So you you can't shut the door and say, well, I'm not, I can't, I can't talk about these things that impact me once I walk through the door or sit down at my computer or whatever. Um, when, when that's you, you, that's your life. That's, you know, what's happening. So I think it's important to not go back to a time where we just didn't talk about those things for fear of it being politically charged or um or insensitive or whatever the case may be that you can have respectful conversations afraid, yeah afraid you can be afraid to say the right thing or the wrong or the wrong thing afraid to say the wrong thing um and so you just don't say anything and that's yeah. not progressive that gets back to helping to create that space where we can all ask questions and mm -hmm. learn and and keep adding to it so you don't just keep repeating the same things over and over again that you keep yep yep absolutely it's not just melody it's also the leadership team so melody has set like a really um good example for the leadership team to follow. So any, and when I say leadership team, I don't mean just the senior leaders. I mean, anybody who's a manager of other people um, can follow the role um, that Melody has set, uh, the example that she set, but you set, I talk about you like you're not here, but, <laughs> but, but, um, but that, I've seen that because people that other senior and other leaders have come to me um, being the, the person that's like the leader of the DEI team or the inclusive excellence team and, and what we now call our equity action team. Um, 
people have come to me, other leaders in finance have come to me and said, um, oh, we, I heard a really good speaker talk about, you know, a topic and they wanted to reach out to me to let me know. So maybe we could get that speaker for us and, and talk to me about how to deal with um, situation in their, on their team or with another person. And so I feel like just, and, and these are people that don't always come to the sprint conversation. So it's not just that it's all the other things that we've done that have impressed upon the, the leadership in within finance about how important it is um, from a people management perspective. And so I think that's, if nothing else, that I think that Melody, you mentioned earlier about you you feel good about retiring at this point because you've left a good team in place. I think that's one of the most important parts of your legacy is that not only have you left a good team to manage the finance aspect of the university, but also to manage the people within the UVA finance team. That was one of my goals when I got here was to 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 make people want and and to make this a place where people want to come to work. And I think we've actually succeeded on that. And that's part that to me when you okay, you asked Brandy, what difference have you seen? And it's not something that necessarily resonates of purely around diversity, but this is people want to come to work at UVA finance. And um and I think that because we have an open, a welcoming and inclusive and engaged team um is a lot of what that is. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I also want to give credit um, to UVA and, and I'll go all the way back to, to Terry Sullivan um, and the, the studies on, um, on the enslaved worker, for example, at UVA and the history of race, the history of race with Thomas Jefferson. I mean, it, it's, it is not an easy conversation to have in Charlottesville and around Thomas Jefferson and, and and who he was and how he was and everything. And I feel like the university has, you know, not perfectly done it all the time, but at least attempted to do it, right? That we it's not I I remember I don't I can't remember like pre-pandemic. So four or five years ago went on a spring break trip with my family to um to Savannah. Um, and, and actually, yeah, well, Savannah, not Charleston, Savannah. And I was stunned. There was literally like nothing about race. It was like a major place where slave trading of enslaved workers occurred and there was nothing anywhere. Um, no acknowledgement, no. And it, it, that was just like, really kind of, I'm like, there's, there's something that there's like this big hole and walking around there and realizing that. And, and maybe it's gotten better since the last time I was there, but I'm, I'm proud of what we've done at UVA to try to make sure it's, it's front and center. And we recognize the contributions of all the enslaved workers and, and, and the black community to the workforce, even after um, workforce and student body and leadership and everything all the mm -hmm. way through. So anyway, it, it, it doesn't end. It's not, a, it's not a conversation that has an ending. It can have a beginning because if you've never had it before, you have to start somewhere. I'll give some more credit if I can share some credit. Um, lots of, I uh, really appreciate that the, the leadership from the office of the VP for diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, their whole team, 
Rachel Spreaker um, have been um, helpful in, in helping us go through this journey. Um, Kevin McDonald in particular gave us the inclusive excellence, brought the inclusive excellence framework to uh, to UVA and also um, recommended bird guests to us. So bird guests from uh, the racial equity group who um, came in and spent uh, the better part of a year helping us um, learn about the history of, of structural racism and helped leaders think about their actions and the impact of it. We did an assessment of how the team felt in regards to um, belonging and inclusiveness, um, which we will be looking to, hopefully we'll be looking to um, reprise and see how things have have um, been. The work that um, that Bird did really helped was the was the basis when we created our inclusive excellence plan, which we can also um, link to in the show notes. But um, lots of credit to to that team and and a lot to Bird. It was great to see him this past fall in person uh, since we had seen so much of, of Bird in, in Zoom and he was great. Um, he was a great shepherd for us, kind of leading mm -hmm. us. I agree. So Melody, you said that you had a specific DEI reading list on Goodreads and we would love to link to that. Um, but for um, for the purpose of today's pods, do you have any books or podcasts or shows that you'd like to throw a mention to um, for things that have made a difference to you in the past year or two? Sure. So I um, mostly, I, I, I mostly read. Um, I don't really listen. I think I don't have a long enough commute for a podcast. So um, I end up, I end up reading more than that, but I'll actually, I will take it back because most of the books I do are audiobooks. But um, some of the, the I, I, I will give you the link to my DEI list, um, books I've re read most recently, Olga Dies Dreaming um, was a really great book about um, Puerto Rico. It was about a, a, a woman and her brother and her family, and she's, she's based out of New York, but of Puerto Rican um, descent. Uh, I read, this. these are my 2022 books. Um, the a memoir from Michael K. Williams, Scenes of My Life, which is particularly uh, pertinent to our Sprint conversations because one of the fun Sprint conversations or, or activities we did uh, was to watch um, together Lovecraft Country on HBO. And so Michael um, K. Williams obviously starred in that and um, actually died of a, a drug overdose just weeks after they finished, um, he and his his uh, ghost writer or the, his co-writer of his memoir finished prepping for the the book, and so it's a really um, uh, it, it really devastating kind of book to read and hear about his story. Um, I just listened to this one was fascinating. It's a Zora Neale Hurston book that was just recently published and it's called Barracoon, the story of the last black cargo. Um, just the story of the last uh, enslaved person who was brought to the US from Africa. Um, and then uh, I will mention two more really quickly and then you can look at my list. One is uh, Louise Erdrich who um, wrote The Sentence and that's a fabulous, fabulous book about the um, Native American community, particularly 
the impact of COVID and it takes place in Minneapolis. And so um, the protests after the murder of George Floyd actually um, figure prominently in it, as well as the, the impact of COVID on the, um, on the, our, our the native communities. So that one was a great one. And then I'll put up my last plug will be to My Monticello by um, Jocelyn Nicole Johnson, who is a local Charlottesville writer. Um, she was a teacher in the city schools and um, it's a kind of a, a, a apocalyptic viewpoint of My Monticello um, kind of ties together some of the August 11th and 12th activities and, and, and race, racial overtones in Charlottesville and they this group of people escape to Monticello to actually take refuge so there's a few well thank you for that absolutely so as we wrap up here um could we talk just a little bit about like I mean even just when I hear your reading that you choose like from Louise Erdrich and um it's a wide swath of interest that you have in diversity and equity and inclusion. So I'm curious what sparks that interest that you have and and what makes this a, a push that you have that you want to share it with others and um I I think it's just wanting to know my my fellow humans I mean like and understanding that I'm like one person and every everybody everybody has a different experience from everyone else um and you can better understand how to have empathy with that experience that you don't know I mean when you're in a grocery store you don't know what the experience is of everyone there but if you have read and seen enough of experiences of different people you can start to imagine and you maybe don't judge, you don't worry about, you don't get upset over how someone is or how they're acting. You just remember that you don't, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know the path they're walking. And the more you read from different perspectives and different um, places and different people, the, the better you can, the better human being you can be. And the better leader, too, I imagine. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, that about wraps us up for today for our second podcast with Melody. Yeah, that's so, great. So thank you, Melody. Yeah, thank you again for being with us. Great. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.